cereal. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you because they get soggy too fast. So fast. Yeah. Do you go less on the milk then? But but I do love. I do love Fruity yeah. Pebbles flavored things. Mm, that you lost me. I I never. You don't ever say you're hitting record. That's that's the whole point of a I also, cold open. Fruity Pebbles flavored things are so good. Like a, like a nice like gourmet like donut from a really nice donut place with Fruity Pebbles on it. But so they good. have to still be crispy. They can't be. They can't get soggy. If they get soggy, it's it's a wrap. Why would you think someone would soak Fruity Pebbles and then put them on a donut? No, 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 no. <laughs> they have a tendency to absorb whatever they used to stick to make them stick to the donut and then therefore are not good. Okay. I don't, I don't like the artificial like Fruity Pebbles flavored like things outside of like the pebble genre, but homemade Rice Krispie treats and then Fruity Pebble treats elite elite snack. Okay. I tried it. I have a, Oh, we just had Fruity Pebble Rice Krispie treats um, at our, our church did like our Christmas party and somebody brought those and they were delicious. Were they incredible? They were. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, they were a little stale, but they were good. I hope that person is not listening, but <laughs> I, I hope they are. The more listeners, the it's better. not, yeah, that's actually it's not true. like making fun of their like family. It's like, Hey man, just check the expiration date on your fruity pebbles box. Next time you make something from the office. Okay. Quick, quick, quick note. The best cereal of all time has been discontinued, sadly. Rice Krispie Treats cereal. It was little clusters of, like, Rice Krispie Treats. I did not know this existed. Hands down, the greatest cereal that has ever been made. There is no argument to the contrary. Alex, do you care to take a stab at the best cereal of all time uh best cereal of all time for me it's basic but captain crunch berries that's a that's a that's an excellent pick i was probably gonna pick that although i do like apple jacks and people think i'm dumb for that apple jacks is a good cereal i like apple jacks i would i wouldn't put it in my top five of cereals but i do think it makes the top 10 it's i don't think it's cereal I don't think it's a top 10 cereal, but it's not like it's a bad cereal. It's past its prime. Talking cereals like like it's the Jordan-LeBron debate. Alex, you're not allowed to talk about that. Dude, remember the Apple Jacks commercials with the Elite. And the Apple Elite guy? commercials. Elite. There's not a better... Somebody who's listening to this just had a memory unlock that they forgot. There was not... Well, I guess you could say like the tricks... That's pretty good marketing. Lucky Charms is pretty good marketing. Reese's Puffs, the Reese's Puff cereals on Nickelodeon Reese's and Puffs, Cartoon Reese's Network. Puffs. Eat them up, eat them up, eat them up. <laughs> it's, it's forever ingrained. <laughs> Peanut butter, chocolate. That, that's probably <laughs> that by default is probably the best marketing campaign because we all remember it, whether we love it or hate it. I personally despise it, and now that I have to carry this with me my entire life, and it will never leave my memory. I'll be old and demented, and I'll just be sitting there in my own poop, just saying, Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs. Eat them up, beat them up, beat them up. All right, well, 
I guess we're done with the serial talk because if you love Big Ten football, then you came to the right place. Welcome to Big Banter, everybody. If you're a first-time listener, hit the follow, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit hit all the buttons on our page. That way you just do everything for us. Rate, listen, follow, all the things on Apple or Spotify. Make sure you follow us on the socials, Instagram and threads. Oh, God, hold on. I got to pull up the handles. Where are the handles at? Handles on uh, threads and Instagram at B1G Banter, and then on Twitter or X at B1G Banter Pod. Uh, Ethan, you have a mouthful of fruity pebbles, so I'd like for you to say something nice to the listeners. No problem. Listener, my wife's going to kill me for this part. We love you guys. We very, very greatly appreciate you listening. I apologize for talking with my mouthful. Alex made me do it on purpose. Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. This will be our Christmas episode. Perfectly fitting. Me and Alex are both sitting right in front of our Christmas trees. Welcome. We love you guys, and I hope you enjoy the episode. We got a lot to get over. We do have a lot to go over. There was a surprising amount of events that happened off the field in the Big Ten this week. I'm going to pull up our text chain because uh, we were talking about a bunch of them. And let's see. Let's start because this is this is what's hot right now. Transfer portal slash recruiting. And we're going to start with the bombshell news that Dylan Riola is going to follow in his father's footsteps and go play at the University of Nebraska. He has flipped his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska officially, probably going to sign tomorrow uh, because we're recording this on Tuesday. Early signing day is on Wednesday. This is huge news, like absolutely gigantic news for the Matt Rule era in Nebraska. I think it I don't know how quickly it accelerates their their improvement, but it definitely is a huge step in the right direction. Well, I think it shows issue for them this year. I think it shows you how good of a recruiter Matt Rule was, which we all knew. And I think it shows you what Nebraska is willing to do to get high-end talent to come to their school. Yeah, because Riola ain't making zero dollars. <laughs> he is the most sought-after recruit in that class. And for Nebraska to go out there and get him, absolutely crazy. And he's going to start year one. He's starting next year. You better believe that was part of the pitch that they gave to him was, hey, along with X amount of dollars, you're starting next year. So he's going to be a freshman. He's going to start. He's going to go through his lumps. Um, I I have not had the opportunity to look over Nebraska's schedule, but it's the new Big Ten, so it ain't easy. I I know that already. It's not an easy schedule. Um, I, I just really believe that there is a significant chance that this is what this is a repeat of what we have seen Matt Rule do everywhere he's gone in collegiate football. He takes those programs year one, not great. Year two, boom. He's been able to turn programs around quickly. So I would not be surprised at all if you see Nebraska be a very competitive team next year. It's actually normally year three, but I feel like Dylan may, you may be speaking something into existence. 
No, 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 no. I, I did mean to say year three because I, I, I think this upcoming season, I guess I'm looking at it more of like this being the first year with him getting Rayola and then next year. So that would be year three. Of being the Raiola the, and Rule era. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So year two of the Matt Rule Raiola era really being like their takeoff year. I thought it was really funny the events that transpired leading up to this because you could see the writing on the wall because the first thing that happened was that Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming were both crystal balled to Nebraska. And then all of a sudden they weren't crystal balled to Nebraska. And then all of a sudden. Kyle McCord committed to Syracuse and then all of a sudden Carson Beck told Georgia that he was coming back for one year instead of trying out the NFL and then all of a sudden Dylan Raiola flipped his recruitment like all of these things happened within the span of like a couple of days which was hilarious because you just saw this coming if you if you figured out what all this stuff meant uh funniest part to me Corey did you see the Dylan Raiola poem I did not. There was a poem? This this kid, when he tweeted out his commitment to Nebraska, he tweeted, Go Big Red, a picture of him on the field from a recruiting visit, and he tweeted out a poem dedicated to his commitment to Nebraska. Should I read? Absolutely, because I need to know. And I don't know how to read, so you're going to have to read it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll do a solid for you. <clears throat> Courtesy of Dylan Raiola. In the realm of college dreams where purpose takes flight, enter Dylan Raiola crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightly beamed. In the scarlet and cream where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rozier, and Crouch, a hero in the line. No longer a cog, in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with an even grander ambition unseen. So fellow fans await with hope in the air for Dylan to choose his purpose to declare. In a weekend's decision, destiny calls to fulfill his purpose where a new dynasty enthralls. It hurts. It hurts me. First up, number one, actually, that's, for poem's sake, pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm a... I'm a very, uh, how do I put this? Um, not good at things. Um, and I don't know how to dissect poetry, but it sounds good. And it puts an obvious time and effort into it. So if I were his English teacher, gold star, A+. plus. But, oh gosh, wouldn't it be so funny after all that? He just goes out and sucks. That would just be hilarious. That'd be so funny. That would be so bad. It'd be so cringy. It, it's like, I mean, yes, the, the spectacle of college football has exploded. I think, I think it's safe to say over the past 10 years, more so than it ever has before. But these are like, this is, this is a child. This is an 18-year-old, 17-year-old kid. And he's talking about how, like, leading a dynasty. He hasn't played a down of college football yet. Like, let's, let's pump the brakes here. Okay, but on the flip side, like to your point for more of like the football analysis sake, um, he has to be a better option than any of those quarterbacks that Nebraska threw out this year, right? Like the 
as long as you don't turn the ball over. Literally, that's exactly what I was going to say. As long as you take care of the football a reasonable amount, I mean, Nebraska Nebraska probably cost themselves at least two games just because of quarterback turnovers alone. Well, they cost themselves a bowl game and a probably significant bowl game as well. They should have won that Iowa game at the end of the year. It was at home on a Friday, and it, <laughs> that, was, that was a master class of sickos football and a in a perfect end to the Big Ten West. But that game, they were well within uh striking distance of the Colorado game. And I think they they threw away another game where they were playing really well. It was against Michigan State and it was turnovers. I think they had like three turnovers in the second half. That was literally the whole story. And we were going back and forth for these picks. We were like Nebraska can't possibly turn the ball over as much as they did previously, right? Right? And they did it over and over and over and over again. That seems to be the problem. Literally have you or I just hand, do what Iowa did and just hand the ball off or punt, flip the field. And Nebraska could have been the 10-2 and two team going to the Big Ten Championship instead of Iowa. But, yikes. After writing that poem... You you at least better be a mid tier Big Ten football quarterback. At least. If you're anything less that's just that's I wanna know how many times that's been bookmarked. Hold on, let like me for pull the raids. Let me pull it up. Like for the what who's who's Nebraska's biggest rival? Iowa? I wanna know how many Iowa fans have bookmarked yeah. that that poem. Three hundred and fourteen. Oh bookmarks. my goodness! I'm I'm I would I don't know what the line is. Ethan Ethan doesn't have the line on that, but I want to know over or under sixty percent of non Nebraska fans bookmarking that. I just can't wait. How funny would it be? I don't know that I don't know that any Big Ten program or program at all would have the gall. But what if like he goes out and loses his first start? And the team, like in the final score post, like just has a poem about how bad Nebraska was oh, and how bad Dylan Rail played. That's 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 just this is why we'll never get rid of social media, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. That is the exact reason why. Like, can you imagine how many bet tweets were in the drafts for Penn State against Michigan? Like, that's like a slam dunk. Oh, absolutely. That's a slam dunk. Anytime anybody does anything stupid or says something that's, like, cringy or whatever, every other person's social media, like, their arch rival is going to just, oh. I think, I don't know who did it best. Somebody did some, Somebody did something really descriptive, Corey, you idiot. Um, but I, I, I want to say it was... The Chargers, that's not that's not college football, but the Chargers are really good at doing that. So good. They are literally that was who I had in mind when I was like, who's the college football equivalent of the Chargers? Because they would be the ones to do this, to troll something like this. I, I don't exactly know who it is, but it's something something oh, you know what it was? I think it was somebody who'd beaten Arkansas after the Polar Express thing. I think they quote I think they quoted like for their final score graphic, like a line from the Polar Express against Arkansas. 
what polar experience? So the, <laughs> at, in ha- at halftime in one of their games, we talked about this on the pod. They were showing the pol- they, a couple of the players turned on the Polar Express in the locker room. <laughs> oh, we did talk. Yeah, we did talk about oh. this. We did talk about this. I forgot college about football, that. man. That's I, I like to get serious sometimes, but that's what that's what makes it that's what makes it different. Is just that petty, Co- gross, weird stuff. College football just is the gift that keeps on giving. Before we get too far into the show, let's tell you what we've got for the rest of this. So we're we're covering transfer portal recruiting rumors, talking about the new D.C. hire at Penn State, which is interesting to say the least, talking about the lack of an O.C. hire at Iowa to this point, and then a little bit of Alabama-Michigan Rose Bowl preview. If we have time, we'll do our Christmas list, Big Ten football Christmas list segment. But so much happened this week. I genuinely don't know if we'll get to it, but... Then, uh, but then, yeah, then we got, oh, our first pick, our first pick of the season, uh, of bowl season, Northwestern. So we got a lot on the show, but we brought up Penn State already. Uh, speaking of Penn State, so two, two things happened for Penn State this week. One of them was really good, and one of them was hiring Tom Allen as their defensive coordinator. Let's start with the good, Julian Fleming, wide receiver from Ohio State. Uh, former five-star, I believe, transferring to Penn State. Gives them a little bit of an explosive threat on the outside on offense, something they've been missing for a while. I think this is an absolutely huge move for them. I thought their offensive coordinator hire was a great move. Now they're bringing in Drew Aller some threats on the outside so they can actually push the ball downfield more consistently. Still have Singleton and Catron Allen. I think this is a great move to kind of round out their offense and give them a little bit of dimension. Yeah, I think so too. I, you want to see a little bit more explosiveness um, outside of the running game for Penn State. And maybe that was part of Drew Aller's problem this year. Well, maybe, maybe not. The jury's still out a little bit on him. But uh, to have a difference maker on the outside, it, it gives your offense a facelift. Um, I think over the past previous years, we talked about how Michigan wide receivers weren't getting separation. Um, and that really hurt their passing game. And now you saw a guy like Roman Wilson turn into the player that he is. Is he a superstar? No. But is he a player that was able to make some things happen for himself? Yes. And then you saw you saw success. Like those those two things are correlated. Uh, huge get for Penn State um, in a already you know pretty thick talent pool for them. I mean they recruit well. In the trenches, they can get some of those guys to come back. And then you have are, – are both of those running backs going to come back this year for Penn State, or are they going to probably test the waters for the NFL draft? My gut's telling me that they're coming back. So you have those two guys. You have a returning quarterback in Drew Aller, your highest you know, five-star rated quarterback in the previous years. And then you add a, a very talented wide receiver – to that offense, all it's, all it takes is one to get some to get more uh, attention from uh, defensive backs, and then that opens up some more space from somebody who maybe can't get that separation naturally. So, a move that makes sense personally, I still wanted to see McCord and Fleming both go to Nebraska for a uh, McCord revenge game scenario at the Horseshoe. Um, we're not going to get that. Um, so. 
each of those guys is going to go to the spot that they think is going to you know suit them the best. And Fleming probably put himself in the best situation that he could have put himself leaving Ohio State. So good for him. Uh, I hope he has some success there. Yep, me too. Now let's get to the second move that Penn State made this week. Tom Allen gets fired from Indiana as their head coach. And Penn State thinks it's a grand idea to hire him to come be their defensive coordinator. I was shocked. I was surprised. And the more I look at this and look at Tom Allen's coaching history, the more I question this. Am I being a skeptic or do you think the same thing? Well, you could look at this in one of two ways. One, and I'll go the, the very much less serious ha-ha way, uh, James Franklin said, well, Indiana seems to shut us down every year, so they must know how to, how to defend if they, can, if they can stop our offense. Did he say no, that? He did not. <laughs> oh, I no. Really uh, I mean, does that sound like James Franklin to you? It does kind of sound like James Franklin hmm, to me. Well, some people think he's the GOAT. I think he's a fraud. Um, so you can look at that and be like, LOL, that's hilarious. Why are you going to get a head coach from maybe one of the worst, if not the worst, uh, Big Ten football program? Uh, but then you look into the stats a little bit. Tom Allen, I don't, I don't really know exactly where you'd rank them, but here, here's your total defense from Tom Allen, his total defensive rankings. Um, and I'm going to give you the places that he was at. So 2015, he was at South Florida, defensive coordinator for South Florida. Total defense was 52nd in the nation with 380 yards per game. Um, and he had the 31st best rushing defense that year. Okay, 2016, he becomes the defensive coordinator. Okay, Total defense, 45th in the country. 380 yards of total offense, uh, but the passing defense and the rushing defense were both 53rd. I don't know how that makes sense. Uh, then the next year, he's the head coach, 27th in total defense, 340 yards. So you see a little bit of a trend. Passing defense, much better. 17th in the country, but the rushing defense went down at 61st in the country. Head coach in 18th, 83rd total defense. So it takes a step back. Bad year for the Hoosiers that year at least on the defensive side of the ball. 2019, bounces back, 36th ranked defense, total defense, 352 yards. Uh, well balanced, they're ranking about the same pass defense and rush defense. Total defense in 2020, that was the most successful year that Indiana had with Penix. They were 43rd, um, but they were the 19th ranked scoring defense. So they were really good at bending, not breaking that year. So only 20.3 points uh, allowed per game. 2021, 69th. 323 yards of total offense. 2022, 119th. So it's hard to say what you want to look at. Do you want to look at the highs? Do you want to look at the lows? So I, I just have a hard time believing that Penn State, of all programs, the best defensive coordinator could find they could find was a guy who just got fired 
by the first ever college football program to reach 1,000 losses. And they I deemed think... him not good enough for them. And he also, I think, one time had Indiana as a top 30 total defense. From what uh, I remember you saying, Corey? I think it was in his first year as head coach, they were 27th. Uh they meddled around thirty. They meddled around like the low thirties in twenty twenty two. Yeah, things. Yeah, one time. I for me, it's just one of those things where you absolutely could have hired somebody better. I, I just, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's kind of between the ears at this point for James Franklin. I, I think. What do you mean by that? I don't think he has the mental fortitude to get it done at a high-level program in high-leverage situations. And I think that's that has – it's. I don't have to back up that claim because it has backed itself up with product on the field and with gameplay on the field. You can go and hang 60 on terrible opponents. That's great. Michigan and Ohio State beat your brains in year in and year out when they are elite programs. But why is it Penn State every year is like they get the hype. It's like, oh, this is the year for Penn State instead of like the negative, like they're not going to figure it out. They're a fake elite team, blah, 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 blah. Why is it so positive for them when other teams it's not? I I think because, because of the fact that they are a blue blood program and because they They have, they recruit really well. And, and look what they do. It's always, oh, they just couldn't get it done in the big games. But they played so well in all the rest of their games. But that, that's just the case every single year. And now the Big Ten's only getting bigger, brighter, better. And you're going to have more of those games against upper echelon opponents. It, it just, I don't know. It, I, I think the James... I think we're past where we were with Jim Harbaugh, with James Franklin. Those years where Jim Harbaugh had Michigan playing incredible would have gone to the playoff if all they could do was beat Ohio State at the end of the year. Those years, I I think we have now surpassed that with James Franklin. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's been there just as long or longer than Harbaugh has at Michigan. Has to. Let me let me pull it up because he's definitely been there a while. He's, he's been there at least seven years. Yeah. Because wasn't that seven years ago was when they won their Big Ten championship, right? Yeah, and he took over an ailing program. But I don't know. I, I just don't think he's a big game coach. And I don't mean it to say – I am not saying James Franklin is a terrible football coach. That, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying if you want to get over the hump and you want to be somebody who is competing for national championships, I don't think James Franklin is that guy. And moving into the 12-team playoff, they might make it, but that doesn't mean you're going to make any noise. Yeah, he's been there since uh, 2014 was his first year, so he's, he's coming up on 10 years at the program. Yeah, yeah, Corey, to answer your question, the reason they keep getting hype is because they keep recruiting well. Like, I just went back and looked. Since 2019, they've, re- they've had the second-best recruiting class in the Big Ten three times. 
which they out-recruited Michigan twice in those years, and then one year Michigan was one and Ohio State was three. And since 2019, they have zero wins against both programs, I believe. No, 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 they have a win against Michigan. They have one win against Michigan, zero wins against Ohio State. And this and this hire, Tom, this just feels like a... I, I, not to hate on Tom Allen, like like the guy's the guy's fine, but but Penn State is going for Manny Diaz, who is renowned across the country for his defensive prowess and defensive game calling, and you went and got Tom Allen. I mean, I just don't understand. It feels like such a it feels like such a weak hire. It just like barely it just looked. felt like it just felt like one of those spots where you go out and you use. Who you use Manny Diaz as that recruiting tool to get the next up and coming coach. You might even be able to go out there and find a head coach of a program, of a lower, you know, a lower tier program and say, hey, we want you to become the next DC at Penn State. And then look what it is. It's it's a launching, it, it's a launching board. It's a springboard into you getting a head coaching job at a better university. So I, I don't know. It feel it just it feels like a step backwards. It feels Absolutely. like a step backwards. It is a huge downgrade for Manny Diaz. And for a team that is struggling to get over that hump of being back in the Big Ten championship game, winning a conference championship, and going to the college football playoff at, when as a four team setup. A step back was the last thing you needed. You need so you needed someone with juice to get you over the top, and that's what they did with their OC hire, and then with their defensive coordinator hire. It was like, ah, uh, well, uh, they just looked around the conference. They're like, oh, he's been a DC. Come on, come on over. Like that's that's an easy one. We're already in the aisle. We'll just grab that one. This doesn't make any sense to me. They didn't have any money left right. on their uh, uh, Big Ten uh, shop gift card so they just had to use whatever was left over to get their defensive coordinator and tom allen was the was the final call. no there was there was nothing left over and that's why they got tom allen all right speaking of coordinate coordinator hires penn state made two uh iowa has made zero but kirk ferentz did say he has made three phone calls to people about his offensive coordinator position and he's hoping to make one more did you hear the rumor so, uh, are you talking about Frosty the Snowman? I am talking about Frosty the Snowman. Can you imagine? I first, I don't. Would Frost do that? Because aren't Iowa and Nebraska are like arch rivals, right? That's like a big deal. It's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, and Nebraska, yeah, and Nebraska fired him. He would definitely do that. Yeah, but Nebraska fired him, and he knew that they had to like, even he had to know they had to fire him. Not yeah, saying that he wouldn't take is, the job at Iowa. The best, yeah, is it, yeah. If this is the best job offer you're getting or the only one you take it. But yes, I've heard the frost rumors. I, I just, we need, we need some more chaos, some sickos, even, even in a, in a unsicko landscape, that is the new big 10. We just need a little something coming from the Hawkeyes, the heart of America. That would be incredible. What were what were Frost numbers as like the offensive mastermind at Nebraska? 
or was it just that everything fell apart? Yeah, here I'm. I'm giving you a live look. For those listening and not watching because we don't do video, Ethan is doing the thumbs down. Yeah, he just he was just bad. I, I mean, look you 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 look at what he did at UCF. Team won a natty, right? Yeah, they won a natty, baby. <laughs> they Most wanted... legit natty in the history. Banner is hanging in their <laughs> in their rafters. That's right. Claimed national championship. Um, for as bad as Scott Frost's offense were at Nebraska, how much better would it be than what um, what Brian Ferentz has done? There, there is not a hire that they could make. They could hire my middle school teacher as their OC, and I would think it was a better hire than Brian Ferentz. Corey, why are you shaking your head? I, I'm just it, – it, it's funny that we are treating a Division One football program as such. It's true, 100% true. But, like, literally anybody else, literally any other option, to throw in there and that's you would see either the same or better results it wouldn't get worse how could it get worse that's a kiss of death right there i can't believe i spoke that new existence if iowa had i'm trying to think of a school that that like i can insert here oh uh, perfect perfect if iowa had northwestern's offense this past season they go they go into the Big Ten championship game as less than 10-point underdogs against Michigan. Are they undefeated? No. One loss. I was going to say they'd be 11-1. and one. Yeah. So they would have beat Minnesota. One-game improvement. Yeah, one-game improvement. Who did they lose to? Minnesota and who else? Penn State. On the road in Happy Valley. And they got crushed. They did get crushed. Yeah, they got yes. crushed. It wasn't close. Yeah, one game, eleven and one, and they go into the. I I still think they lose. Let me make that very clear. I still think they lose to Michigan, but they go in as right around ten points. How high? Are, how high are game. they ranked? Top ten. <laughs> you hear that, Iowa? Wow. You are a Scott Frost away from being a top ten. That's what I'm team. hearing. That's what Ethan just said. Well, that was this that was this past season. I'd have to look at what they're losing on defense and all that nope, kind of Ethan, stuff. Ethan gave Iowa the Scott Frost stamp of approval. He's he's ready and locked in. I can see it in his face right now. So you're gonna have you're gonna have Cade McNamara and Eric all back. Yay. They're so good. I think I think I think Ethan just said that Cade McNamara and Scott Frost will be the best QBOC duo in the Big Ten next year. Sounds about right. Those were those were my exact words, actually. You heard it here first, folks. You heard Cade McNamara for Heisman. You heard it here first. No, Eric All will win the Heisman with forty touchdown receptions. <laughs> Has a tight end ever won the Heisman Trophy? I don't think I'll... so. But I don't know. I'll look. Um, that's, I'm, I'm going to look right now. Okay, while you look that up, um, we have some scandalous news from the Rose Bowl game. 
coming up between Michigan and Alabama. News came out yesterday, I believe, in the last couple days, that Alabama has hired a former Michigan linebacker coach to come in and be a defensive analyst, and he will start work immediately for the Crimson Tide before the Rose Bowl to help them prep and all that stuff. He was a linebacker's coach 21 and 22 for Michigan. Just just like I think Michigan's sign-stealing scandal is way overstated, I think signing a former coach or former player to your roster is way, always way overstated. Oh, it always happens. This is what inevitably happens every year in the NFL. Are you ready? Here it goes. Quarterback is on preseason roster for Team A. Team A plays Team B in the first game of the regular season. Team A cuts a quarterback from their roster to make roster cuts. Team B signs that quarterback before they play them in week one. Team A demolishes Team B still in that first game of the season. Like that, does that not happen every year? You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, we were led to believe that player safety was compromised, that the integrity of competition was compromised, that Michigan's football program was full of a bunch of cheaters up and down over some grainy iPhone footage from row 17 across the field. And yet, Bama just gets to hire Michigan's former coaches just weeks before they play. Oh, I don't know. The biggest game of the entire season to this point. Like, come on, people. What are we talking about here? To be, to be fair, I was, I was saying I don't think it's that big of a deal. That oh, is yeah, what I was I saying. I, I don't. I do not think it's a big deal at all. I, I, I truly don't. I don't think so either. I'm not going to throw a fit about it. Like, he's not breaking any rules and that's the difference right Michigan broke a rule it's just a very antiquated rule that should have been abolished years ago but I'm the argument I'm making is the whole crying and whining about competitive advantage stuff like if anything I think hiring a former coach is probably slightly more valuable but regardless of that of that take or that opinion or whatever you want to call it I mean this is this is gamesmanship Right here. Like, good on Saban for going and finding the guy and bringing him in. And he might fire him right after the game, but good on him for bringing him in. You know him. what? I'm, I'm literally shaking right now because I'm so scared for the safety of, of the Michigan players. And I think what is necessary is that we just jump on a, a Zoom call right now. Make sure that Ward and Harbaugh aren't there. And we go talk to Boo Kerrigan and say – that or. We say Alabama cannot be in the playoff because of the safety of of football and the universe, and it, it we we have to we have to do something right now immediately. And if we can't, we cannot rest until that is done, whatsoever. I think that's the I think that's the only. Should we do that? Should we start this, fellas? I think I think we can champion this cause, the three of us. I think we can be the leaders. We can be we can be the voice for the voiceless mm. in college mm. football. Preach, brother. Preach. Okay, so the three of us are in agreement that this is not a big deal. Yes. 
Okay. It's not a big deal. I want people to understand all three of us. This is a Big Ten centered podcast. All three of us are Michigan fans. What? We are telling Since when? This is not a big deal. Okay. Hush. We are telling you this is not a big deal. Okay. So and, we're not blowing we this out ball. of proportion. And we know ball. Oh, boy. Well, I don't go Cert- that far. Certified ball knowers right here. To answer, to answer your previous question, two tight ends have won the I was Heisman getting Trophy. ready. Larry, oh. Larry Kelly in 1936 and Leon Hart in 1949. Frickin you stole my only so, thing I was ever going to do on this freaking podcast. I had it right here. Corey, Corey, you can tell us what's No, I don't know. Ethan, Ethan can, Ethan can it. do it. I don't care. I'm done. He muted himself. What a, Corey, what a loser. He played for Yale and Notre Dame. Leon Hart was Notre Dame. Kelly was Yale. Frick these. This is stupid. No one cares. No one cares. It's just, it's just the fact that Corey has to, has to, has to. If there's anything sicko about anything, it's his livelihood at this point. He, it's his life. It is his actual life. It's, you know what it is? We have wives, Alex. We have wives. He has sicko football and sicko sports. That's, that's what Corey has. Because the amount of times we get these texts that are links to X for stuff from sicko committee. And it's like, you guys, you're not going to believe this. Iowa and Northwestern have never scored points in the history of their collegiate existence. (laughs) It's just the most outrageous. And most of it is centered around teams no one cares about. It's like Rutgers is playing Podunk Poop University. And will anyone score a touchdown or throw a forward pass? And nope, they didn't. It was the Sickos Committee game of the week. I, I want to say for the record, Corey, I love that you send us that stuff. I want all of the Sicko content that gives you life. Because I want to just, I want to just be inside your brain for a minute. And it gives me a window into who you are and I freaking love it and I all and I always learn more about football. I always learn more about football. So you I don't keep I don't love them I don't love him because of the sicko stuff. I love him because of that mustache. No that you mustache don't, you don't get to you don't get to you don't get so to crawl nice. out of this hole because all you sat here and you were just taking shot after shot saying because I, I don't have a wife this is why I do the sicko football thing. Meanwhile I get a call from this guy about once a week while I'm in the middle of work and he's talking about Lord knows what. And I just have to sit there and listen to him talk about something for 10 minutes. And I get two words in and then 30 seconds later, he shifts it to a different topic. My phone calls with Ethan are five words from me and 5 million from him. (laughs) So screw you. Listen, I have ADHD. Oh, okay. 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 Loser, Kip. You. My phone calls with Ethan go the exact. Yeah, same this way. guy's trying to throw shots at me. Meanwhile, I can't even get a breath in. Hey, I tried to. I tried to say I like your mustache. Yeah, he, this is just. You're just. 
it was a it was a poop sandwich. It was a poop sandwich. You 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 fu- you crapped on me, and then you gave me a little compliment, <laughs> and then you're gonna give me some more poop after that. It's the exact opposite of a compliment sandwich. You turd. Here, here's here's the cap off the poop sandwich. Your sickos committee stuff is still stupid. Well, well you're stupid. <laughs> I love having phone calls with my friends and not getting to have a conversation with them because they won't shut up. I will say when we talk about the Red Wings, I let you do a lot of the talking because you know more about the NHL than I do. Good. So thank you. Thank you, Ethan. That was a genuine thanks. Oh, my. You guys are unbelievable. Goodness. Okay. Well, I think that we need to get into the holiday spirit a little bit. What do you say, boys, huh? Let's talk Christmas. And let's talk... <laughs> Corey can't handle this. Uh, let's talk Big Ten Christmas list. So we're, we're going to go through program by program. Yes, Ethan. Okay, we're going to go program by program. And we are each going to say what we believe each program needs this Christmas. What they're asking for. Uh, actually, you know what? If we each take a turn on every school, it's going to take a while. So let's just do, we'll go in order one at a time. I will pick the school that you get to, that you get to choose. And, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna find out what everyone's getting for Christmas. Okay. Maybe that's a little side thing. You get to determine if they've been naughty or nice and if they're actually getting this thing for Christmas. So let's, uh, I'll let Ethan start us off. Let's just start way down at the bottom. Let's go with. Let's go with Indiana. What is what does Indiana want for Christmas this year? They wanted to be rid of Tom Allen, and Penn State said, thank you very much. Penn State gave you the gift of taking Tom Allen away from you. Merry Christmas, Indiana. And listen, we've talked we've talked about it on the last episode. I think you guys made a phenomenal hire for your head coach. You went out there, you found the new exciting guy, and you pray that you are that springboard for him into a, an even higher level job because of how well he does in a, let's call it a four-year career at Indiana. So Merry Christmas. Corey, I saved this one especially for you. What do the Michigan State Spartans want for Christmas? Well, okay, okay, time out. I'm, I'm, I'm vetoing this. And I'm doing this because I love Corey. And I genuinely mean that. I'm making you do Michigan State, Alex, because don't make Corey say something nice about the team he hates more than anyone else. Wow. Don't do that. He does him. love me. What What makes you... You don't have to say something nice about the team. Oh, he did say they could be on the naughty list. He said they they could be on the naughty list. So you can but You know what? Um, I, I think Michigan State wants respect back for Christmas. It wasn't even fun to hate. This This was the point I got for Michigan State. I went to the Michigan State-Penn State game, and I was like, this is going to be so great. Michigan State's going to get pollywhopped by Penn State, and I'm just going to sit there and laugh. I it There was no enjoyment. It was horrific. It was like watching somebody try to lift a tractor with their legs and then getting it bent the wrong direction. Shout out Ethan for sending us that in our 
group chat. It was disgusting. That's what it was. I hate Michigan State so much, and yet watching their football team this year, I felt bad for them. I don't know what was going on. So have some self-decency. Pull up your pants. Put a shirt on. Stop smelling so bad. That's what Michigan State deserves. Everything about that program this year was just horrific. That's 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 what you need. Even if you're a Michigan State fan, you are shaking your head yes right now to what Corey just said. That <laughs> like you just need to wash yourself clean of what has transpired with your <laughs> university over the past 365 You know what, I'll sum that up. Michigan State needs one thing, and they need a shower. That's what they need. So so are you saying that's what they get for Christmas? That's their Christmas present? They get a shower. (laughs) Oh, you're you're sick. All right, next team up. The Purdue Boilermakers. Man, what does Purdue want for Christmas? I know I almost gave you Purdue, Corey. I knew you'd love them, too. What is Purdue getting for Christmas, or what are they asking for? Purdue is asking Santa if it is possible for them to play every single game next year at home at night. That's what they want for Christmas. That is the semblance of hope that they have in the games that they play. They look and they say, is it on the road? We are hopeless. They look and say, is it at home? We do have hope. And is it at night? We're going to win the game. They're home and away splits this year, three and four at home, uh, one and four on the road. Two different football programs show up to play. So they are asking to play every single game in the new new Big Ten at home at night. So they can be spoiler makers all the times, all, all of the times. All right, next team up. Let's go to, oh, Ethan. Ethan. What does Minnesota want for Christmas? This is going to be good. All Minnesota wants all Minnesota wants for Christmas is a new head coach, a new head coach, a new head coach. All Minnesota wants for Christmas is a new head coach because their current one sucks. I mean, there's nothing else to be said. He had an 11 win season. That's great. He's been dog water ever since. You have to take PJ Fleck put him on the next flight to Jamaica and send that man out of this country. That's what they want for Christmas. If I'm a Minnesota fan, I want PJ Fleck fired immediately. Not after the bowl game that you don't deserve to go to right now. I think that'd be a huge upgrade for Jamaican football if PJ Fleck went and coached down there. How would their flag football team in the Olympics do in like six years? Think they would think they would they'd probably, they'd probably be decent hmm. interesting okay uh Corey, let's go to oof let's go to illinois what does illinois want for christmas this year mm, illinois probably wants a uh one of those stepping machines for bet bielema i think that would probably be good or are we not allowed to do fat jokes that's that's not nice um illinois oh no yeah yeah that's what they that's what they need illinois uh needs some identity they uh they need a they need a facelift because what are you i don't really know what you are 
last year you had all the pieces together and then you just kind of like had it in your hand it's like the it's like the scene from the dark knight with the joker and harvey dent he's like i'm just a crazed dog i don't know what i would do if i got a hold of a you know a hospital or a, a ambulance excuse me like i just just i would just lose my mind a car he said i i don't know what i would do when i got it are you going to do the joker impression you should but yeah, that's what that's what Illinois is. They're a crazed dog, and they they got a hold of the they got a hold of the car, and they didn't know what to do with it, and they just immediately let go and fell flat on their face and lost everything. Um, so Illinois, you need uh, the extreme makeover face edition uh, to get the that should be at the top of your list uh, to get some sort of an identity. Are you going to be a tough defensive team? Are you going to be a hard nosed running team? We don't really know, and Brett Bielema needs to figure it out. All right, I get to do Nebraska, and this one's easy. Christmas came early for them. They're getting a quarterback, and and they might be getting the quarterback, as in the quarterback that is going to, that the success of the Matt Rule era at Nebraska is going to rest on. Like, it, it is not super unrealistic to say that how Dylan Riola and Matt Rule work together is going to determine whether Matt Rule stays at Nebraska or whether he becomes the next Scott Frost at Nebraska. But nevertheless, nevertheless, the gift is, has been delivered. The package has been delivered. Dylan is there. Dylan is coming. And now you get hope, which is something Nebraska football has gone without for so, so, so long. Does uh, the team for Christmas also get uh, free tickets to open mic night for the slam poetry. Yes. Slam. Yes. The slam poetry department at Nebraska is just absolutely losing their minds because they also feel like they got a five-star hmm. recruit coming to their program. Good stuff. As well. Uh, also a sub bullet on Nebraska's wish list. They would like to win a one. Oh yes. But that one's that that one's TBD, though. That one's TBD. Okay, next team up. We are going from the five and seven teams to the only team that finished six and six. Corey, you want to do the honors? Do you know who the team is? Rutgers football. Um, I think they. W- Corey, what is Rutgers? They want a spicy East Coast. Uh, Italian sub with hot peppers um, and a bag of uh, salt and vinegar chips. Um, no, they, they they want they want Tommy DeVito to come. Be yes, the they Tommy Cutlets. That's what they want. They want the yeah, as, as trademarked by uh, Tommy DeVito. Uh, what do the Rutgers Scarlet Knights want? The Rutlers, the Rutlers, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights want a functioning video department. So they don't have to be all belly aching about Michigan stealing their signs and getting over the hump. Oh, zinger, get rocked, burn. No, uh, Rutgers. Rutgers needs to figure out what the forward passes. They need to like have a a conference call, or they need to have like a like a road trip planned with Iowa, uh, and they need to go to like a seminar, like a self help seminar. Uh, in like the middle of nowhere Midwest and they need like that motivational speaker where it's like, you know what you have the power 
to complete a forward pass within you. You just have to unlock it. You know those cheesy things that you see and they take advantage of those people. They charge them like $150 for like self-help conferences. That's what Rutgers needs. They need that for the forward pass. Love that for Rutgers. Love that for Rutgers. I'm going to take a team that let me down a lot this year. I uh, I had a lot of stock in Wisconsin. Um, they need a lot for Christmas. They definitely need a lot for Christmas. I think the biggest thing they want for Christmas is uh, is less less air raid offense. They need Phil Longo to take a chill pill, and because you can't just overhaul a whole team and a whole scheme and a whole roster in one offseason. But Phil Longo just came in and he was like, oh, dude. this." They were like, hey, we got this Braylon Allen guy who's like super good at running the football. And Phil Longo's like, have you heard Have you heard about my offense? Like, have you? it, it is a cure-all for everything. And they were like, no, we don't really have like the guys for that, but, but Braylon Allen's really good. And he was like, is he a wide receiver? And they were like, no. And they were like, is he a quarterback? And they were like, no. And he was like, what other positions are there? I thought I thought that was it. They need Phil Longo to chill a little bit. Slow, slowly ease him into the air raid, the the dairy raid offense. Slowly get him into it, and and eventually it'll be pristine. But until then, coach coach to the players and the talent that you got on the team, Phil and Luke. Make sure, make sure Phil does this, okay? Make sure Phil does also, this. Also, shout out Braylon Allen uh, for getting into the NFL draft at, like, 19 years old. Dude's already a physical freak. Um, he, he might make himself a lot of money and have a very long NFL career for making that decision. So, uh, shout out uh, for getting out of uh, Dairy Raid offense. Absolutely. All right, Corey, Northwestern, what do they want for Christmas? Actually, let's give it to Ethan. He's been quiet over there, which is uncharacteristic of him. Ethan, what does Northwestern want for Christmas? I think Northwestern wants for Christmas consistency. I think consistency is the number one thing on Northwestern's Christmas list. That's like the that's like the socks of football gifts. Yes, they're not they're not flashy. But you gotta have them. Yeah they they want they want socks and a tie, a really nice tie, and that that's really what they need because I think they've got the right guy, I think they've got the right mentality. They just need the consistency to keep moving forward and progress to where they can be a ten win team. All right, uh, what does Maryland? Oh God. What does Maryland want for Christmas? Um, I think they want a lie detector test, and they want Mike Loxley to take one. Because the man got up at Big Ten Media Days and was like, you know what? For the first time in my coaching career here at Maryland, I believe we have the ability to compete for Big Ten championships. And then they proceeded to go 7-5, and five, uh, 4-5 and five in the conference. They They almost... They were so close to losing out and not going to a bowl game. Like, it, we were getting nervous there for a little bit. So, so Loxley, get him a lie detector test to, to just see if he believes he's telling the truth. And if he does believe he's telling the truth, we need some glasses. We need glasses. To, he's got to know what a Big Ten championship football team looks like. 
And then we can actually trust him when he talks about Maryland from here on out. Okay. Uh, Iowa. Corey, I feel like this one's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, a pulse on the offensive coordinator. Anybody with a pulse, roll somebody out there in a wheelchair and uh, knowledge of the uh, the halfback circle play uh, on Madden. If you can get that from your offensive coordinator, you will be just fine. Either that or a uh, a uh, two-way ticket from Australia to uh, just find and breed another punter. Um, because if you have one of those, you could have another 10-win season. So two things, a pulse and a two-way ticket to down under. Ethan, Penn State. Ugh. I don't even know. Penn State, to me, I, I actually, the list just got slid over to me right now. Here, here's what Penn State's list says. Okay. It says Tom Allen, and it's crossed out. <laughs> they just hired they, him. <laughs> they, they got him. That was, he was the only thing on their Christmas list, and, and they figured it out. Uh, actually, the other thing it says is uh, more more plays over twenty yards. They got to get the ball downfield. When you just when you just pr- like just pull, what, what's the word I'm trying to use? Uh, poke and prod your way down the field. Is that is that something? Dink and dunk. There you go. When you just dink and dunk your way down the field all day. And your margin for error just becomes slimmer and slimmer and slimmer because you need every play to be so right. Uh, but when you get chunk plays, it just removes so much of the margin for error because you're, you know, you're covering two or three first downs worth of yardage in one play. So Penn State, they they got Tom Allen that was number one, and then they're they're working on number two. Uh, Corey. Ohio State, we're getting to the end of the list. What do they want for Christmas? Uh, they want something shiny. They don't want something that works. They want something that works and looks good while it it works. Because Kyle McCord could have gotten the job done. I think Kyle McCord is a good quarterback. I If we seriously sat here and without bias – looked at Kyle McCord and said, do we think this is a good college quarterback? I think all three of us would say, yes, that is a good college quarterback. Um, but to Ohio State standards, a, what was it, an 11-1 year? Doesn't cut it. And I get it's against Michigan, but like here, let's still, let's still look at the facts. They won every other game on their schedule. And they lost a road game to their number one rival by by – one score that's but and but Kyle McCord is the worst quarterback I've ever so they don't want someone who is going to just you know get the job done they want someone who's going to get the job done and they look oh so good doing it a hundred percent of the time and I let me tell you that doesn't exist it 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 doesn't for someone to be a hundred percent looking good all the time even the most beautiful women on the planet don't look 100% good all of the time. Are they still beautiful? Absolutely. But mm -mm -mm. can't do it. Can't do it. 
Would you say would you say that to your mom? What? That my mom doesn't look good all the time? Is that what she right, actually yeah. say that? I don't need to say it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I gave you a shot. I tried to give you an easy one. You're not gonna trap me. And... No way. <laughs> See that's that is that is shifting the responsibility to something else. Master of that. You're you're right. I was trying to trap you into giving a compliment. Oh, to your Karen, it, you, Karen you is the me. best. She knows that. Hi, mom. Oh man. All right. Last team on the list. We know who this team is. It's Michigan. And the thing on their yeah, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to stop. Expensive. They need a child leash. They need a child leash for Jim Harbaugh. So they can stick it on his back, and they can they can have him. Like within arms reach, they can they can even let them you know look at the look at the shiny stuff outside of Ann Arbor, but nope nope coming back <laughs> can't can't get too far can't get too far with this with this this really nice and stretchy buyout leash that we got here. That's what that's at the top of Michigan's list is <laughs> a child leash for Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> That actually, that actually is at the top of the list. You're absolutely right. Um, they, they also, they also want Alabama signs. That would be awesome. A couple of weeks ahead of the game time, if Connor can just go on one last mission, that well, he's no longer great. an employee of Michigan, so he can do that. Yeah, so he can do whatever he wants, and it's not breaking the rules. Um, but the, the, their biggest gift is an expensive one. It, it's big. It's pricey. It's uh, it's hard to come by. Not everyone gets one. In fact, a lot of people want one, and hardly anyone ever gets one. And it's a natty. It's a natty. That's that's the next thing they have to conquer is winning in the postseason. They've done everything else. They've gone undefeated. They've gone uh, in the in the regular season at least, and they've won Big Ten championships three in a row to be exact. And they've beaten Ohio State. They they conquered every giant. Except the college football playoff. But they have a chance to do that against the giant of all giants in Nick Saban and whoever they would potentially face in the final. But but that's Michigan's Christmas list. They want they want a natty, they want a child leash for Harbaugh, and they want Alabama signs. Beautiful. Look at that list. Should, am I delivering it to Santa it's or a, you? Uh do you do you do you know? Uh, you don't? This is awkward. Ooh. Are you crazy, Kevin? Yeah, I don't think you want to know what list you're on. It's, it's really embarrassing. I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay, whatever. All right, last order of business before we call it call it a show. Uh, Ethan has left us. We will have to get his pick later, but we're picking our first Big Ten Bowl game of the Let's year. Let's freaking Woo! go! Big Ten Bowl games. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. You know what we should probably we should probably pick like because we're not recording the week of Christmas, yeah. This is well no, we're not. Well, maybe. Maybe so we, we will. Pick a lot of, we'll fi- we'll figure we? something out. Because I'm off Wednesday, so okay. I don't have anything. Oh, on the twenty yeah. seventh? I might be able to do yeah. that actually. Okay, maybe maybe we'll record the twenty seventh. So let's Let's pick the next two games because we got a game on the 26th. Minnesota plays on the 26th. So first, 
we have Northwestern against Utah in the uh, distribution Las Vegas. Heck yeah, Bowl. brother. U- Utah minus six and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll pick first. I'm going to go with Utah minus six and a half. I do think Northwestern is a team that, you know, they they do have a bit of a team of destiny kind of feel. But Utah feels like a little bit of a more talented and experienced Northwestern where they don't always get the best players. They don't always get the most respect in their conference, but they just play really, really tough competitive football. I think Utah is kind of what Northwestern wants to be. They're not there yet. I do think their uh, Cinderella run comes to an end. I got Utah covering. I think this is going to be a common theme for most of these games, especially outside of the college football playoff. Which team cares about this more? In a thousand and fifty percent, Northwestern cares about this game much, much more. And I don't exactly know who uh, Utah's quarterback is because Cam Rising is out. He is coming back next year, uh, and I think their starter is in the portal. I'm not quite sure, but if that's the case, I'm I'm. Maybe Vegas is begging me to take Northwestern, but Northwestern absolutely cares about this game. And I think it's a shot to see what the Pac-12 version of Northwestern and the Northwestern or the Big Ten version of Utah um, would face off. And I think that's exactly what these what these uh, bowl makers did for this game. But so I'll take I'll take Northwestern. All right, uh, last game we're going to pick for this episode then, Bowling Green and Minnesota in the Quick Lane Bowl. You will be in Darn attendance. Right. Minnesota, Minnesota's minus three and a half. Corey, what do you got? Ooh, I am going to the game with a Bowling Green alumni, and Minnesota is was currently trying to pay somebody to play quarterback for them because Ethan Cal- Mc, Mc, McJaro, Minjaro, I think he's in the portal. Is he in the portal or is he hurt? Hold on. I'll, I'll actually check. I have the portal pulled up. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. Yeah, he's in the portal. He just visited Rutgers. No, our favorite guy. Mm. And then a report. Ethan Kaliak-Manus soured by PJ Flex criticism in front of others. So stuff's not great. In Minnesota. So, therefore, Bowling Green. Bowling Green has a lot, a lot of upperclassmen returning, including a former Big Ten quarterback in Connor uh, Belazak from Indiana for one year. He's the starting quarterback. Oh, yeah. And he's coming back at Bowling Green. So, I think, dude, I think Bowling Green's going to win this game. Oh, taking a money line. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going the same, except not. I don't know that I have the uh, cojones to pick a money line. I do have Bowling Green plus three and a half here because of all the reasons you said. And then um, Jack, who was uh, one of the best men at my wedding, his girlfriend went to Bowling Green and her and her twin sister played volleyball there. So uh, got a little bit of a college game day pick there. That's where my that's where my ties are. All right. That has been the episode. Thank you guys for listening. No, this was a bit of a long one, but so much freaking happened this week. It was crazy. Did not expect, but um, that's why we're here, so we can deliver all of this grand news to you in case you missed it. So make sure you turn tune in again next week. It'll be a later episode if we record, because we'll probably record on the 27th. Um, hey, have an incredible Christmas. Uh, great holiday season. Spend plenty of awesome time with family and friends and people people you love be safe 
and uh, talk about Big Ten football with your friends. Peace.